Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning on a beautiful Saturday here in sunny Florida. Finally, the dry season has arrived. It's cool. It's lovely. Um, I will be going up north this week to see my family and spend my favorite holiday Thanksgiving with them. But it's going to be cold. Not looking forward to that part of it. Uh, I want to continue uh, discussing the uh, 2016 election, but in this case, expand it to something that was not discussed in this noisy, hate-filled, uh, authoritarian lecture, uh, ele- election process, in which almost everything uh, was discussed in authoritarian terms, as I've been doing in my shows just lately. Uh, who is really the morally superior to the other? And nothing but degradation of the candidates to each other. Um, Hillary, who... Uh, did try to put forth a program uh, that would make sense to me anyway to protect the environment and to increase jobs uh, and to do something to pay attention uh, to the malaise of so many millions of Americans who have been displaced. Uh, And I'll discuss that in a moment. But ultimately, she too joined the the, uh, screaming because uh, it was like screaming, like a terrible grating noise, like fingers on a blackboard, uh, fingernails on a blackboard of uh, how awful, how awful her opponent was uh, as he did nothing but excoriate uh, and degrade her. And one of the things that was not discussed and is never discussed and must be discussed sooner or later, and so I'm going to discuss it here, is the way in which we worship technology and machinery, particularly smart machines that are run uh, by uh, increasingly so-called intelligent computers. It doesn't get discussed because literally baked into our notion of progress, and America is all about progress, is the idea that there really is no progress independent of the machines. They are worshipped. You can almost, to to me, say God has been replaced by mechanical devices. I was watching a a TV show. It took 60 minutes. Uh, It was two episodes put together, and Charlie Rose was doing a show on the rise of smart machines. And he is an intelligent, thoughtful man. But as he listened to the marvels that uh, computer scientists are creating in terms of machines that teach themselves, at uh, one of the colleges, they have a program to teach machines, self-learning machines, 
to develop wisdom. He couldn't get out away from himself the pleasure and the uh, awe as he listened to uh, the future of the development of machines that uh, will be able to replace human beings in almost every sector of life. There was a section on how doctors can use machines to increase the power of their diagnosis, that the machine can go through all the literature in the world in a very short period of time and make recommendations. Now, to me, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's fabulous. I think it's wonderful. But the machine is there to save human lives. And the machine is there not to be worshipped, but to be looked at as no different than a hammer and a screwdriver. Something to make human life easier. And we are now replacing workers in large numbers with smart machines. The, the idea that progress is measured economically in a constant rise of GDP, GNP, and that the machines can continually increase GNP, and that we are in awe of machines, uh, has to be questioned. It really has to be questioned. What is the price of a human life? What is the worth of human dignity? So much of the rage that we see from uh, non-college educated, particularly men, comes from a deep fear that two things are happening. One, more of the, the females in their lives are going to college and making more money than them. Uh, in many ways, from a sexual point of view, from being a father, men are not necessary. Uh, that's a topic that has to be discussed another time. But this show, the machines are replacing human workers. And nobody's questioning this. What do we do with the human beings that are replaced by the machines? We are ignoring them. And in this election, an authoritarian, uh, uh, very scary man tapped into that fear. Of course, he didn't have anything to say about what he would do to stop it because he never mentioned this particular topic, the, the pro so-called progress defined as technology. Uh, just now, I was reading the, uh, one of his goals in the first 100 days of his administration is a works program to put people back to work building the infrastructure of the United States. Not only is this a worthy goal, but the Republicans under Mitch McConnell and, and uh, Ryan have already said that's not high on their priority list. This would put some people back to work. And I don't know if Trump will fight for this. I don't know how much uh, he really is interested in being a president and really trying to help the workers that he tapped in, whose rage he tapped into, and who focused, who he focused on uh, Mexicans and Muslims as the source of their problems, when in fact 
very little of their problems are the result of of uh, of of the, these immigrants that the real major problem is coming from a shift in the power of men and women where men are falling behind in terms of the kind of education that will allow them to master the technology that we worship as the new God. And more importantly, the way in which uh, machines can replace human beings and do a whole host of jobs better than human beings and cheaper. But the human being is still there with the same needs the same needs for dignity, for a sense of purpose, to feel that they are creative, that they are important, that they're worthwhile, that they mean something, that they matter. It's interesting, several years ago, uh, this very smart computer named Watson, who is now even smarter than he was, was put on uh, the quiz show. Uh, with Alex Trebek. And he answered, and he beat all of the contestants because smartness here is really a memory for detail. But what the machine did was make a number of really horrendous mistakes. And when it's analyzed, why would he make these mistakes, this super smart? Because he didn't care. It didn't matter to him. The machine doesn't feel, it doesn't process information in an emotional way. And so when somebody says, and this was at one of the universities, uh, they're going to have a machine that will uh, be wise and therefore ultimately could make decisions of life and death for us. What is wisdom? If not the result of felt experience. It's the pain we cause others and ourselves that leads to a new moral vision as we get older in which we determine what might be a better way, a more humane way of living. What will the machine feel to give it that kind of wisdom? All over television in the movies, there are now machines that are human-like. They do feel, but they don't exist in reality. And I can't imagine them ever, ever existing in reality anyway. But if they did, would they replace us? Would we live alongside our machines? Uh, a serious, serious problem that's not being discussed and I don't have a simple answer for this. I really don't, folks. I, am, uh, I enjoy my machines. I, can't, I couldn't do this, this show without the computer. Uh, I carry my cell phone with me. Uh, I don't want to take a car ride without a mach mach that machine because if I have an accident, uh, I will uh, ha immediately be able to call for help, whether it's medical and or police or a tow truck. Uh, I have a Bluetooth connection in my cause so that all of the wonderful music that fills my life and makes it worthwhile can be played through the radio. But the fact of the matter is, it's a tool. It's not 
to be worshipped. I don't, I'm not in awe of it. It's just a big screwdriver, a hammer. I'm much more in awe of a really good, really good golf club. There are all kinds of interesting apocalyptic movies. Uh, the Terminator, the best, I think, was the first one. Uh, in which an iRobot, both of which... The machines become so smart that they decide that human beings really can't be trusted with their own lives because all they do, uh, <laughs> as we see, is enter into war after war, destroy the planet. And so they decide, because apparently a machine that smart may very well decide to get rid of us. The machine literally in these stories becomes God. Uh, Elie Wiesel, in one of his books, I think it was Night, has a ma character called a madman. And he says to God, God, recognize it. We're a mistake. End the mistake and start over. Uh, the machine, as God, may very well say human beings are the mistake. And certainly the way in which we're worshiping those machines is a mistake to me. A very serious mistake. So, uh, I don't know what's going to be done to help this current generation of men who are being shunted aside, who are committing suicide in larger numbers uh, than any other cohort in our society, who are using drugs, uh, who are increasingly turning to the demagogues who uh, were who who. Uh, suggest violence. Uh, I'm watching who Trump um, is putting in his cabinet and the direction I really feel these people may go. And I am truly, truly terrified. Authoritarian to the nth degree. So, what's the answer? Well, let me suggest an interesting movie. I don't see it anymore. On television, um, I watched it a half a dozen times years ago when it was on television on the little screen called Things to Come. And it's based upon some stories and a novel with a slightly different title by one of the real geniuses and creative artists, uh, English artist H.G. Wells. H.G. Uh, Wells' most popular movie uh, thing is as the uh, um, uh, never mind. <laughs> My mind's not working. I'll, it'll come back to me in a minute. Uh, but H.G. Wells' Things to Come uh, predicted from many years before the start of World War II. Only World War II in his book continues for many, many years until civilization itself is destroyed. Uh, and the rise of barbaric groups and suddenly, when uh, uh, this disease-ridden uh, society is close to collapse, a uh, strange helicopter appears and lands in the particular village that's the center of the story, where uh, Ralph Richardson plays a, a rather barbaric leader. And out steps Raymond Massey in a black suit, uh, modern, technologically superior a helicopter, and he announces he is from Wings Over the World, a society created by engineers. 
and they will bring peace and progress to society. And they do. At the end of the film, there are discontents. And the discontents are the artists and the creative people in society. What's interesting is that, that when Wells now poses this issue, he says that the, he presents these artists as kind of against progress. And the particular thing that causes them to be upset and riot uh, is a, a huge gun that's pointed to the sky in which a young couple is going to be fired out in a bullet-like ship that will take them around the moon. Uh, I mean, all brilliant kind of stuff in terms of his ability to predict where society was going. What's interesting is that the movie ends on a note that technology must must uh, continue. The exploration of the heavens must continue. And that the bad guys are the artists. And I want to suggest to those of you who follow my show is that the bad guys are not the artists. They are the good guys. Uh, I have a very brilliant, I have brilliant grandchildren. They do very well in school and their parents are concerned with their grades as they should be. And when I talk to them, I say, are you having fun? And how are you having fun? Uh, they will do well economically. They're going to be in the intellectual class, unless, of course, we blow up the world. Uh, uh, I, I, as an aside, I really do worry about when Trump takes office, if North Korea or Iran makes a move to test him, uh, if there's a response that is uh, uh, aggressive, uh, we can be plunged into something very ugly very early. And it won't take many atomic bombs uh, for that technology which we've invented uh, to destroy ourselves to do a good job uh, in changing the course of history in terribly negative ways. The good guys are the dancers and the singers and the songwriters and the composers. And there are no bad guys there are no bad guys. They're just human beings struggling to make themselves matter, to have a life that feels that it has purpose, trying to do uh, something that they can define as moral and be comfortable with, uh, to live out uh, evolutionary uh, uh, structure in a way that has progress but doesn't destroy us all. And so, I think that's my story for today. Uh, we need a dialogue about this, and there is no dialogue. Uh, the hate and the venom continues. Um, protest, uh, name-calling, and an intelligent, thoughtful discussion of the issues uh, that beset our society. The runaway technology that can destroy us not only in terms of war, but pollution and uh, uh, machines that will um, uh, replace us or make our lives a hell. One final note, and then I'll stop. And that is uh, a show that is on uh, Netflix called Black Mirror. And it is a series of, of uh, interrelated shows 
that show the uh, possible direction in which technology will take us, particularly smartphones and Facebook. The future is dominated by your Facebook and the number of, of coding between zero and five as to how popular you are, how you're seen, and a five being the highest and zero being the lowest. And a woman who struggles to get her number from 4.2 to 4.5 because the really good people have enough people to like them that they go to 4.5 and ultimately can't get on an airplane because her number is too low to get a priority ticket. She had to be at least a 4.7. And the hell that life and the shallowness that life becomes when people are constantly looking in their phones to see who likes them, and this case translated into a, a numerical value that not only defines them, but defines all of their freedoms and everything that they're capable of doing. I watch this with a kind of an awe as to the creative imagination of the artists who put it together and then acted in it, and at the same time a feeling of dread because I see around me, especially with young people and even older people, people I know who are in their 60s and 70s, who spend all of their time looking into this machine for some kind of wisdom or some kind of self-affirmation that they can't get any other way in their own lives. All right. Uh, have a couple of minutes yet. Have someone coming to the house who may be able to help me restore my home. Uh, from the flood that uh, has, has laid it to waste. Anybody wants to call in? I know I keep doing it. I keep changing the day and the time, but that's what's going to be until I can figure out uh, a schedule uh, that will let me do my show um, at the same time and maybe build an audience that is larger than the one it is now, uh, but more importantly, who can come online and discuss with me. Otherwise, I'm just being authoritarian, an authoritarian professor. And we have already too many of those. Okay, I'm going to end my show. Good luck. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.